You're tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program. This podcast will contain strong language and spoilers for decades-old media properties. Welcome, everybody. This is the podcast where we examine pop culture franchises of the VHS era and improv new stories to imagine how we might improve our favorite movies, TV, and games. I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we were raised by rentals. Mike, it's our... Wait a second. This isn't one of our normal episodes, Mike. What are we doing here? (laughs) Well, we are introducing a new concept to the raised by rentals uh, library of podcasts. This is going to be something called uh, Rental Rants where we pick a random topic that we just want to rant about for a little while. It's not going to be a normal episode. We're not going to really improv anything or improve upon any stories. Basically, this is going to be uh, an info dump slash uh, complainy slash praise type of corner where we will pick a topic that we want to talk about. Sometimes we may be at odds. Sometimes we may be on the same page. But uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about remakes and... um, I'm going to say I'm in defense of remakes, and uh, Josh, I'm not sure where you sit on that, but what are your thoughts on remakes as a whole? Well, I think in general, I I don't really have, have a problem with remakes, um, and if I could you know, make a comment about the intro, you know, we spent a lot of time in our Nightmares on Elm Street episode talking about the remake to A Nightmare on Elm Street, which I mentioned my first experience with was that was people telling me that it was terrible. So, right. you know, I, I never ended up watching it at first. And then when I did finally watch it, I really, really enjoyed it. And you and I have talked a lot about other remakes that I've seen and enjoyed. And you are much more of a, a movie goer and a movie aficionado uh, than I am. And you've told me about so many remakes that you think are good. Uh, and I find with from your recommendations and from all of the people online telling me that they're terrible, you know, (laughs) I find that, you know, where I fall on that spectrum is that I guess I don't really care if people remake (laughs) movies. Yeah. I just like good movies. I just want to see a good movie and I don't really care if it's a remake of something else because almost everything is of some kind or another, you know, even if it's just adapting from a book or a comic or hell, you know how many movies are based on Shakespeare and they just, they hide the fact, you know, like clueless and 10 things I hate about you. Right. Um, So, I mean, to me, I don't really care where the story comes from as long as it's a good movie. Uh, But I will say that my take on remakes is usually that I don't, you, I don't often think that the remake is necessary, in by which I mean that like they capitalize on the franchise title or the series, and yet I don't really think that they need to do that to make a good movie in a lot yeah. of cases. They can just make a good movie without needing to take the title from something else to get people in the seats. Yeah, you know what? I, 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 agree. I agree with that statement uh, quite a bit, actually. There are a lot of films that have been remakes that could have very well just been a re reboot of the franchise by sequelizing it. Um, and we're starting to see that more and more now. Like we, we saw that most recently with Scream 5 called Scream that was still the fifth entry into the franchise while still kind of rebooting the franchise with some new characters. Um, we also saw it with Halloween. You know, we're seeing that a lot more uh, than than a quote unquote 
full on remake where we're just taking the original entry into the franchise and retelling that story. I prefer the reboot method or the the long lost sequel method of like we just do a sequel 20 years later. I like that. Um, But if it's between like not getting any more and getting a remake, I'm all for a remake, Um, especially a remake done right. And what I mean by that is you have to have a reason for remaking it. If you're going to tell me the same story, tell it to me in a new way. Tell it to me in a new fashion with some stuff that maybe the original didn't think about. Um, Don't be so beholden to the property that you tell me a beat for beat like Psycho. That was horrendous. Um, Yes, Yes, it was. (laughs) uh, You know, or or don't go so far off the beaten path that it it shares no like no connective tissue with the original property. Um, So like, you know, for, for example, I would, would argue since you mentioned nightmare, nightmare on Elm street, I would argue that that is a really solid remake. Um, And like I mentioned in our episode, I won't rehash it. I have my problems with it, but overall it's a really solid remake because it does do something a little new. It does play with the whole, like, Freddy being more of a monster than he was in the original franchise. And it also plays with that concept of did he do it? Didn't he do it? And there, there's a lot of fun to be had with those those story elements. And then same thing with the the um, uh, remake of The Crazies. I, I mentioned this. I think it was off the air. You and I were talking about it. I yes. really like what they did with The Crazies. And it was very, very similar to the original movie, just kind of a whole bunch of different scenes. Like it, it was like the same story concept but a different way of telling you that story. And I loved it. Like I, I, and I, don't get me wrong. I love Romero. I like the original a lot, but I'll even go so far as to say, I like the remake a little bit better because I feel like it's a, it's a more watchable film. Um, yeah. Yeah. I agree. I would agree with that. I thought the crazies remake was phenomenal. Honestly, I thought it was just absolutely phenomenal. I thought it was a kick-ass movie uh, all yeah. around, just so well-made. Um, something like Dawn of the Dead is another really good example of a Romero movie and a and a really just uh, a movie that's held in really, really high regard to the point where there are a lot of fans who would say that that is you know, uh, it's just sacred and you shouldn't touch yeah. that movie and remaking it was, you know, was uh, profane but it's a really good movie because it takes the same basic elevator pitch you know of people hiding from a zombie plague in a mall and trying to live there and it just tells a completely different story that has nothing to do with the original movie at all yep. and yeah and th- that that's my favorite type of remake and i will point anybody to oceans 11 as oh, yeah. an example of a remake that is done phenomenally phenomenally it is an yep. absolutely brilliant uh well-made funny movie critically acclaimed you know loved by fans and it's a remake it's a remake and as with the crazies it's a remake that is better than the original and i think almost anybody would look at that and understand that it's better than the original movie with frank sinatra and the rest of the rat pack you know goofing around in vegas you know because the original movie was fun but the remake took the same general concept and just did a completely different type of heist story and Mm -hmm. did it really really well and you know it's really really hard for anyone to argue in any coherent way that oceans 11 is a movie that should not have been made because remakes are bad. <laughs> right. And, and see, and that right there is, I guess that's where I'm the in, de- in defense of is I know a lot of people um, who, who usually have that mindset when a remake comes out of like, 
oh, Hollywood's out of ideas. Oh, it's a remake. Why do they remake it? Why are they touching something that's so sacred? Oh, my God, they're ruining my childhood. You hear all those arguments. And my argument has always been, unless they George Lucas it, unless they take the original property, change it, and only allow you to watch that version, <laughs> that's yeah. they're not ruining anything. Like, if I can still get my hands on the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, then that Michael Bay produced, you know, 2003 remake that I'm not crazy about, like, that didn't ruin shit. Like, it's still mm-hmm. the original Texas Chainsaw, which is one of my all-time favorite movies, still is there, and I can still buy it, and I can still watch it, and everything is fine, and there are those that, that prefer the remake, and that's totally cool. I'm, I, I don't like the mentality of, like, I don't want to try it because it's a remake because they somehow ruined something by even talking about doing this, let alone actually doing it. Um, it, you know what it reminds me of is like, I, I know, you know, you being a dad too, you, you'll probably relate to this is the, uh, the little kid mentality of like, what is that? I don't like it. When they look at something yeah. new on their dinner plate and it's like, <laughs> just, just try it, just try it. You might like it. Just try it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, exactly. And then your parents tell you like, you know, they look at something on the dinner plate and they're like, like, you know, creamed corn or whatever. And you're like, you like corn, right? You like cream, yeah. right? And you're like, nah, <laughs> like, <laughs> right. But it's like it's the same mentality. People are like, oh, you like Leatherface, right? He's in this movie, and but for me, it all comes down to, is it a good movie? That's all I care about. Just tell right. me a good story. Show me a good movie. I don't care what the source material is. I don't care, you know, how original or unoriginal it is. Frankly, at this point, Hollywood's been making movies for a hundred years. Of course, <laughs> they run out of ideas. I mean, Christ, right. like you know, like you can only come up with so many movies. And I'm sure that there's a thousand writers who are screaming at me right now, saying, "But, but, 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 I had this original idea." And I, I might say, "Okay, maybe." You know, there, there's very few original ideas out there. I mean, it, it, everyone's known for thousands of years that there's nothing new under the sun. I mean, everything right. you think is original is based on something and influenced by something. And yeah, there's a lot of really, really clever and uh you know uh interesting movies out there that really you know take things that we understand and turn them on their ear and we look at that and we think how original and how unique and sure that's valid but so many things are taken from somewhere else and i don't see a problem with that i think hollywood has just embraced the fact that like you know what why not have more you know uh action movies, you know, stuff like the expendables. Why not, you know, uh, that which is a remake, but it's like, it's, it's banking and cashing in on, you know, on a fan base that already exists as a yes. business. That just makes sense. And, you know, like big Hollywood studios aren't in, aren't in the business of making art for art's sake. They're in the, in, in the business of, you know, making something that people will pay and come and see. And so I don't care what they make, but if it's good, then I want to watch it. And if it sucks, then they don't get my money. And right. I don't care. I don't care. You know, yeah. well, see, and, that, and that's the thing, like I, I'm with you on the whole wanting a good story. And I've seen enough examples given to me through remakes that I'm like, yeah, I don't care that it's a remake. If it's telling me a good story, I'm all about it. And and my whole thing when I say in defense of remakes is more or less like the the dismissing of a film mm-hmm. because it's a remake. I'm like, that's just I, I feel like you, you you're going to lose out on a lot of good entertainment like. Perfect example is is uh, Ghostbusters 2016. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, like, and I mean a lot of people, were pissed about that movie because, like, Ghostbusters is one of those sacred franchises, much like, you know, Dawn of the Dead when that came out. But then you had the other half where it got really ugly because now you had the freaking gross, misogynistic, you know, basement dwellers crawling out of the woodwork complaining that it's all girls. 
And it's like, uh, like all of those people, if they had to just shut up and watch the movie, they would have seen that it was a fun film in its own right. You know, and, and, and that's I guess that's basically what I'm getting at is just mm-hmm. give the movie a try. Like yeah. I've seen some movies that I looked at and went, that's going to be shit. And then I watched <laughs> them like, wow, that was really fun. Perfect example. Uh, going back to a, uh, a recent topic, we discussed it with video game movies, the Doom movie. Um, I literally said as I hit play on the DVD and I'm dating myself because I rented it <laughs> from Blockbuster, <laughs> but hit play. And I audibly said, this is going to suck because I was like, how can this be good? How the hell mm-hmm. can a film based on a first person shooter game, like a splatter game, be any good? And yet it surprised the shit out of me. And I'm like, yeah, it's cheesy. It's got its moments of cheese, but it's so much fun. And like the rock and Richard Brake, like they just, they chew scenery. Like they're so good in it. And heck yeah, that's a fun movie. I love that movie. Me too. And I'm like, I would have, if I listened to what everyone was saying, I would have never got to see that. And there's so many examples of things like that, where the fan frenzy ahead of the release of a, a a project kind of either uh, destroys the like destroys expectations or raises them ridiculously high. There's another uh, thing that that gets me with with the whole fandom. I know I'm kind of going off tangent or off topic on another tangent, but when you build up something so much that it can't possibly live up to those expectations, perfect example: snakes on a plane. <laughs> yeah. Every oh my god, snakes on a plane. It was like the hype train was better than the film. That's like true. the fact that you could dial a number and have Sam Jackson like call somebody and like tell you to to go see snakes on a motherfucking plane. Like that was better than the film itself. The snakes in in the film had alligator teeth. Like yeah. it was just <laughs> beyond dumb. Yeah, it was really stupid. Well, so yeah, yeah, and like I said, I, I'm in defensive remix again because. I don't really care. A good movie is a good movie. And right. so what I will say, I will, my, my, my hot take will be that I just don't think that remakes are necessary. But what, but what I mean by that is, again, I would prefer the sequel, the reboot. You know, I, I, I love the fact that there is success with things like Ghostbusters Afterlife and coming to America or whatever, you know, all <laughs> yeah. of these, like even Cobra Kai is a TV show, which we've mentioned a bunch of times. Cause it's so good mm-hmm. as, um, uh, you know, I would always rather see an, an addition to an old franchise, even like what they did with Scream and Halloween. You mentioned those two. And you could you could do a soft reboot where you kind of tell the same story because it's a new audience and it's a new generation. But you don't have to do anything that you know contradicts what came before. There's ways to tell those stories. You mentioned the Ghostbusters 2016. They could have easily told the same exact story exactly the way it was and just yeah. had it be a sequel of like, and next, here's the next generation of Ghostbusters, you know, 20 totally whatever years later, a few different lines of dialogue to explain what they were doing. And fr- quite frankly, it probably would have been better because their motivation to become Ghostbusters would have made a little bit more sense because they would have been following in the footsteps of you know people who had already done it successfully. But that's beside the point. I don't want to critique that particular movie. But for me, the the movie that 
uh, cemented my thoughts on remakes was RoboCop. Because um, mm-hmm. I, I absolutely, absolutely love the original RoboCop. That's right up there in my galaxy of the best movies ever with A Christmas Story and Friday the 13th Part 6 and uh, <laughs> The Big Lebowski and, you know, all of those movies that I love, um, you know, that I could, I could be in a cult for, The Lost Boys, you know. <laughs> and um, so I love, 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 love RoboCop. And at that time, I was really, really leery about remakes in general because I'd seen some good ones and I'd seen some bad ones. You know, I'd seen Dawn of the Dead and I'd seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre and and The Karate Kid, you know, which made no which (laughs) didn't need to be a remake. Um, But Robocop cemented it for me because I didn't want to watch it. I avoided watching it for a very, very long time. Uh, you eventually convinced me to, to give it a chance. And I had a coworker also who would just happen to randomly see it and came to work and was telling me about it, not knowing how much I loved the original. And so I finally was like, all right, I'm just going to grit my teeth and get through this. If for no other reason than just to have seen it so that I would understand, you know, because, you know, Robocop three isn't very good either, but I've watched that a bunch of times, you know, right. so <laughs> at least I could give it a shot. And I ended up loving it. I thought the Robocop remake was really, really good, really well done. Michael Keaton steals the show as he always does and it was really really well done but it's just like the Ghostbusters 2016 and and even the Karate Kid remake with Jaden Smith where it didn't need to be a remake it could have just been a relaunch Mm -hmm. and again it quite frankly would have probably made a lot more sense and the motivations and the backstory would have been a little bit better had that foundation already existed right yeah. Um, but because I liked the movie so much, I became a lot more open-minded to watching other remakes and enjoying other remakes. And to the point where, you know, remake for me is not a dirty word. You know, yes. again, I would prefer a sequel like they do, like they're doing with Scream, give me a little soft reboot so mm-hmm. that it doesn't. And 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 Friday the Thirteenth uh, is a good example of one that is a reboot. But you know what? They were respectful enough to not really stomp on the original franchise that much where it could be a sequel. And I kind of like that. I like the way that they did that. You know, they handled it um, pretty well. They balanced the edge of that remake versus sequel uh, pretty well. So, yeah, I'll say I don't really think that they're necessary. But if you're going to do one, I would prefer a sequel. But no matter what you do, I don't care because I just want to watch a good movie. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. And and there are some great examples of uh, remakes that were their own thing so much or borrowed so heavily from multiple properties that it could have just been its own animal altogether. And the first thing that always comes to mind is the, uh, I want to say it was 2004 reboot of House of Wax with uh, Paris Hilton. And um, oh, that, <laughs> see, I, I love, I love that movie. And here and here's why, like it, it got so many things right. Like it's not really House of Wax. Like the only House of Wax thing is like people are being turned into wax statues, but they borrow heavily from Tourist Trap. Um, they, they borrow from several different slasher movies. You know, there's so many moments that you can see from throughout horror history that it doesn't feel like it's a remake of uh, the Vincent Price House of Wax, which in itself was a remake of Night at the Wax Museum. Um, but, like, it's a really fun movie. And I and I love the whole Paris Hilton thing, because I remember everyone's like, oh, God, Paris Hilton, because, I, hey, I was right there with everybody. But my thought process on it is, wait a second. She's a blonde young woman in a slasher movie. Oh, they're going to kill her. <laughs> like, they're they're going to... And her death scene is fantastic in that movie. So, 
Yeah, like, and then you then you get the the joy of watching this person that you like, you know, don't like get murdered on screen. <laughs> it's like you know, well, satisfying, you know. That's, that's why I was like, the producers were insanely smart for putting her in that because it's like at the time she was at like the the height of her popularity. So like, of course, her fans were gonna go see the movie, and then people like me that were like, oh god, enough Paris Hilton. We're like, wait a second, she's gonna get killed. <laughs> let me let me go see what's gonna happen. So it was pretty smart that that they they did it that way. But but yeah, there's so many movies like that where they don't need to be a remake or they don't need to be an adaptation of a property. Like I always bring up uh, the Wanted movie based on the uh, Mark Millar mm-hmm. uh, comic book, which yep. I, I know you read it and and I fucking love that comic series. I thought it was a great little uh, oh, yeah. was it what five five or seven issues something like that. I can't remember. Uh, six I think six you six would... <laughs> split the difference. <laughs> you said five you said seven you missed it it was six. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was a great little comic book series. And the film had absolutely nothing to do with the comics at all, other than the name. And it's like, uh, okay, (laughs) like it was it's one of those things where they could have just did it, like made their own action movie about a guild of assassins. And it didn't have to be based on the comic book about supervillains that took over the world. Like it just. Yeah, there, there's yeah. sometimes where it it can it can be its own thing. It doesn't have to be based on something. Yeah, I agree. Sometimes, like, again, I feel like they take the title of something because it has they think that there's an audience there. Again, Karate Kid mentioning it one more time, like they did a movie that had a similar concept to the 1985 or 84 uh, Karate Kid. And then they called it the Karate Kid and called it like a remake, but it had nothing to do with the original franchise and it wasn't even karate so like it didn't didn't even make sense you know so but it was just trying to cash in on that title sometimes people do a quote-unquote adaptation and all they're doing is just slapping that name on there because you know mark miller was so huge at the time and he had a had other you know properties that were being adapted and he had a deal with i forget what movie studio it was at the time and he eventually sold his entire um ip uh, uh inventory to netflix for you know to adapt in his stuff so i mean he was a savvy businessman and he had his fans and you know he was really big in marvel at the time and he was one of one of the the architects behind the comics that eventually inspired the mcu like the version of tony stark and captain america we see on screen you know come from from him and brian hitch and the ultimates but anyway so they were just kind of bank you know they were banking on the name and that's the one thing that does annoy me you know that kind of thing just it really bothers me and we talked about this in um one of our other episodes where it's it really annoys me when people take the the source material and you adapt it but then you just completely change it because you have no respect for the source material and all you want is the audience but you don't actually care about it because it's a game or a cartoon or some comic book or some silly little kid thing and then they think they can make something that's like smarter or, or more adult or more mature or whatever the hell and they just don't have any respect for the fact that the audience existed for the original property because the original property had some you know value that that audience saw and by taking that away you know you it, it you do a disrespect and you know it's frankly it's offensive i think because i think audiences are a lot more intelligent and um you know marvel the mcu uh in general and disney they've done a really good job of respecting the, the fans of the comic they they went from changing things unnecessarily in some of the earlier movies because they were like they were hollywoodizing them to now it seems like they're just pulling more and more and more directly from the comics right down to like the silly costumes because again there's value in these in things that the audience has enjoyed for so long absolutely oh absolutely 
And yeah, like, you know, you bring up the Marvel movies and that's that's a really good point of like how you do it right um, in in Hollywood, where it's like you you can lean into the insanity, lean into the crazy. Like there was an old meme. I can't remember. I can't remember what era it was of of DC movies, but it was like picking on like DC because DC took a while to find their footing for like just leaning into the crazy of, of their franchises. But like they were like DC's trying to do like dark and gritty and dark and gritty and Marvel's over here like here's a talking raccoon and a tree man, you know, (laughs) and it was like, yeah, they they leaned into it and they were like, of course, we're going to do the Guardians of the Galaxy. And you know what? You're going to like it because it's we're taking it straight from the freaking comic books and giving it the right tone, you know, and it's it's okay to do that. But one of the things I was going to say about Hollywood, you had mentioned the built in audience. This is something that has bothered me about Hollywood for a long time um, is that there are truly original ideas, but a lot of them are going straight to YouTube, um, going straight to places like Shutter, Netflix, Hulu with low budgets, like like shoestring budgets, because Hollywood is only banking on existing properties. And I think that that's just how we're going forward, because a lot of people weren't going to the movies anymore. So it's like in order to get people to the movies, you have to have a built-in audience. So if we're going to spend, you know, so many millions of dollars on this property, we want to make sure that it has a built-in audience. So you're seeing comic book adaptations, sequels to long-running franchises, remakes to Mm long-running franchises. All of it is going to be, we know we can get asses in seats. Um, But now that everything's kind of going streaming, I feel like Hollywood is, is going to start taking more chances again. But we saw it in the 80s, going back to our, our, our namesake of the, the rental era. We saw it a lot in the 80s and 90s where the direct-to-video were usually some of the more weird and interesting movies because there wasn't that big Hollywood budget. There wasn't that big push to have a built-in audience. You could be like, yeah, you know what? This movie's about killer puppets. Let's go. And it, and it yeah. works. You know, or, you know, this, this movie's about BMX riders. Let's go. You know, like, <laughs> you can do that. And like the things I always think about um, in particular are the VHS films. Like, again, <laughs> no coincidence that that's the title. Like we talk about that in the beginning of the show. But there's the movies called VHS. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. Now, these are I love them. I know some people hate them because, the you know, uh, shaky cam films are not their cup of tea. And I get that because uh, there's at least two episodes uh, in one in part one and one in part two where the camera is so shaky. It makes me a little nauseous. But um I love those films because they're they're small, low budget, you know, independent directors who do their own little horror story real quick. And there's so many unique, cool ideas in there. But it's something you would never see Hollywood take a chance on. Uh, but now that we're kind of moving into that era of everything's going streaming, you know, HBO's buying everything up. Disney's buying everything up. Netflix, like they're all in competition to be like, who can have the best you know, uh, stable of shows and original content. And we're starting to see some really interesting new ideas, but direct to streaming, you know, and some of them don't work. Some of them work really good. I would argue the movie army of the dead didn't work for me, but it worked for plenty of other people. And that was an original zombie movie and it was a big budget zombie movie. So, and that was direct to streaming. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're definitely seeing a huge 
trend uh, shift, right? I think you're right. Starting in the early 2000s, really ramping up in the, you know, in the 2010s with the just remake upon remake upon remake. It seemed like everyone was doing it. And still to this day, we're still seeing remakes. And again, you know, that's fine. I, I don't really care. Um, you know, again, just tell me a good story. And, but yeah, I like the shift toward streaming because like to your point, there's, there's more, studios in the game there's more opportunity uh, to put something out without having to you know pay all those movie theaters and have all that additional overhead that really drives the uh, the profit uh required or i should say drives the margin required to turn a profit and uh yeah i think it's I, we're going to probably continue to see remakes because the built-in audience exists and mm-hmm. you're going to see that come out of the studio system but yeah i agree we're, we're going to get you know more experimental again and we've seen it already with things like heathers and cobra kai and watchmen yeah. i think we're going to start seeing more of uh more shows become go go to tv right go to serial yeah. you saw that in the 90s it seemed like everything got like a you know a tv show or a cartoon spin-off and now we're seeing it even with the mcu you know, again you know they're going in this current phase and they're going really really heavy on tv with loki and you know mm-hmm. falcon and the winter soldier or whatever that show was called <laughs> and, uh, wandavision, and, wandavision. <laughs> yeah wandavision yeah all those right so again you can tell i'm i'm, I'm re- really far behind on those but part of the reason why i'm so far behind is because man i don't have time to sit and watch you know all those episodes like it was Same. bad enough to watch it watch a two or three hour movie and now it's like i gotta watch an eight or 13 hour movie because there's so many episodes but the audience is there and i like the fact that they can kind of slow down and they can tell different types of stories and they can be more experimental and even more loyal um by doing that but uh we've gotten off the top topic a little bit that's fine this is a really good uh really good conversation i'm glad uh, that we had this chat like this little you know rental rant as you mentioned at the beginning that we wanted to just experiment with a different format mm-hmm. uh so that all our episodes are always so long and part of why they're there they are that long is because we end up going down these rabbit trails of talking about concepts like remakes and reboots and you know we want to review this movie or that movie or the backstory of a franchise and you know by having these uh separate uh shorter episodes we can put these out and hopefully we can engage some people in some conversation on the social media on the facebook or you know instagram or whatever we really want to you know kind of engage in conversation with everybody and see what our listeners are thinking on these topics and just have a chance to have these conversations without having to totally derail you know a longer episode where we're trying to focus on telling a story and then right. you know we spend an hour <laughs> going down uh going down a different a different path so yeah man, this has been really good mike uh, uh, uh any other thoughts on remakes before we wrap it up oh uh, yeah actually one final thought before before we close this out I, I have i have a question to propose to you is there a film or franchise or or anything that is already exists that you would feel is sacrilege to 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 remake Oh, that's a really good question. You know, I've already gone on record as saying, like, even my favorite movie, A Christmas Story, you know, it has a couple of sequels, and I heard it might be getting a remake, and uh, I don't really want to see that, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, so, so I don't know, man. You know what, I, I'm going to go for the go for the classics and go for uh, something like A Citizen Kane or It's a Wonderful Life. I, I would not like to see those remade just because they are such uh, adored classics and they've achieved a, a certain, you know, level of, uh, of they have a place in the pantheon of our pop culture. Wizard of Oz maybe is another good example, but other than that, you know, I think it's, it's kind of all on the table. See, and I think it's funny because like, so your answer is more the classic like tent pole films for, for pop culture. My pick is something a little more ridiculous return of the living dead. Oh, yeah. 
like just because that's your favorite and no one should touch it well not only that but i i feel like part of why that works like i've i've spent obviously a lot of time thinking about this movie the the part of the reason that it works is because of the time frame it came out at i feel like if you take that movie out of the 80s it loses a ton of its charm like Maybe if you do a period piece, but even then, I don't think it would touch on the pop culture zeitgeist that Return of the Living did, or Return of the Living Dead did touch on at the time. Like, I, I, I was really young when the movie came out, but I remember there being a lot of hype around that movie and, like, seeing that poster everywhere. And, like, they were giving away, like, buttons at, like, comic shops and stuff. I never got them, but, I mean, I, I've since seen stuff about it, and it's like, yeah, I, re- I remember, like leading up to me seeing that movie like knowing about it existing you know so it's like it was a big part of the pop culture at the time and i feel like if you remove it from the 80s you remove that type of music that type of punk rocker like you take all that out of the film and it's going to lose a ton of its charm and that's proven with when they tried to bring it into rave culture with part five <laughs> so, oh yeah 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 well so, no, you make a really good point about a, a movie being very much like of a particular time. And I think you could really go on and on if you if you think about it, uh, think about it in that uh, in that way that certain certain movies only exist because of the time frame that they were created in. And or they should say they only exist in our in the zeitgeist the way that they do. They've only captured, you know, the place in the galaxy that they do because uh, they really uh, they encompass a certain timeline. I think something like the Rocky Horror Picture Show is a really good example of that as well. Yeah. Uh, like I would hate to see another film adaptation of that or even the Lost Boys, too. Like there's mm-hmm. been some sequels and I wouldn't mind like a TV show or something like that. But to ch- try to do a remake, I-, I think you would just completely, you know, you wouldn't be able to recapture the magic of that time and the place uh, from when those original movies were made. So there really wouldn't be a point. But yeah, I mean, as we talked, we we proved with Goonies. Like at one point, I might have said, "Don't ever touch that." But I think you could, there's there's room for a good sequel there, but not a remake. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. And 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 I say that knowing full well that if they did do a Return of the Living Dead remake, of course I'd be there opening night to see it. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, definitely. But yeah, I know we we, uh, we do have to wrap things up. These are meant to be shorter. We don't want to go off on a giant tangent. We've already gone off on several. So let's wrap things up. And uh, yeah, do you want to give our social media plugs there, Josh? Yeah, I think we're going to keep it short, too, in keeping with the shorter episode. And I'll just say, visit us uh, anywhere on the socials at Raised by Rentals. Visit us at RaisedByRentals.com. There's links to everything there. And then other than that, just visit us at RedPantheon.com. There uh, is a list of our, all of our other creative uh, outlets, Comics Boost, The Boogeyman's Closet, Count Creepy Heads, Saturday Morning Monster Mash, uh, Etsy pages, etc., along with uh, all of our other uh, team members in the Red Pantheon who are other podcasters and artists and musicians and other folks that we've teamed up with uh, in a sort of uh, art collective uh, to help each other out. And hopefully if you like this show, you will like one or more of those other projects as well. So go check them out. Find out our links over there. And uh, with that, I think uh, we, we can wrap this up. So, you know, as always, uh, whatever app you're listening to this on, just please go ahead and uh, give us a, 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 so a rating, a comment, whatever. Visit us on social media. Engage us in conversation. Let us know what you think about this episode, about these rants, what we should rant about next time, or maybe what we should improv, improve on our next regular episode. With that, I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we have to return some videotapes. <laughs> Thank you.
Raised by Rentals is a member of the Rad Pantheon Network. Visit radpantheon.com to support Rad Stuff. The theme music is Forbidden Fruit by Velvet Bethany. You can purchase music and learn more at velvetbethany.com. Oh, bitch, bitch, bitch. Ha, ha, ha.